I've said this to some of you, but um, the most important moments at seminary, the moments where I actually learned something, or where I learned more than I would in class, was when we would gather together as students and, and discuss. And we'd usually go down to the courtyard, uh, we'd light some cigarettes, and we'd start talking. We'd, we'd bounce ideas off of one another. One of my favorite debates revolved around uh, the role of silence in the worship service. And uh, we had people who were on both sides. And people I respected would, would have totally disagreed with me. Um, I'm sure you know which side I fall down on when it comes to the role of silence in, in church. But there were all sorts of interesting ideas about how you incorporate silence in the worship of God. Um, and some people thought there was no place for it, um, that it, was, uh, it wasn't necessary. And some of us thought that in a world that was full of noise and continued to be full of noise, church might be the only place where you might find some quiet, which is uh, the side I came down on. So when I had an opportunity to start putting together a worship service, um, has become this service, um, I brought, brought forward my ideas in silence. So we've tried to incorporate silence as a worship practice into this service. You know, when I was in college, I thought about becoming a Quaker, not, not because I find anything great about being a Quaker, <laughs> but because the Quakers are experts at incorporating silence into their worship <clears throat> practices. Sometimes when you go to a Quaker meeting, um, I'm told there's no speaking at all. And there's something truly beautiful about that, um, because in that silence, we can find God. Many of you have been up to uh, St. Augustine's House Monastery. Um, and, and a monastery is very, it's the perfect place to discover the role of silence and how silence draws us closer to God. Because the monks really take um, the discipline of silence um, as something to be cultivated and, you know, they, they, it's, it's just a part of their everyday lives. So when they have their last service at night, they're silent until Eucharist the next day. And, and, and there's something very beautiful about that. So they spend the whole night um, resting, recuperating, but also listening. And all the things you've heard in the scriptures all day, and all the things you've prayed, and all the things you've experienced at work, and you can let um, just... The, like, let God run wild through you instead of turning on YouTube or, or Netflix or whatever we turn on to distract us. Silence um, is just a part of our faith and it's woven throughout the Old and New Testaments and silence is sort of like the the culmination of this passage from Zechariah that we, we read today, you know, in the midst of just the aftermath of war and exile and societal collapse, um, God brings comfort to his people, saying that he would, after everything that's gone wrong, he would come and dwell with them and be in the midst of them. And in response to the promise of God in the people's midst, the prophet says to everyone who would hear, be silent. All of you be silent before the Lord because he's moving. 
He's aroused himself from his holy dwelling. God's doing something. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing, you've got to be silent. Or you're never, ever, ever going to experience it. Psalm 46 has a very similar theme. Like just you see the psalmist talk about disaster and war, um, God breaking the bow and snapping the chair, uh, the spears in half, putting a stop to all the chariots. And it, after all of this, the psalmist says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in all the earth." among all the nations. There's something about silence that allows God to speak. And our scriptures and our church testifies that. And one of the most counter-cultural things the church will be offering to the world in the decades to come will be the gift of silence. Um, it will be this tremendous offering, this place of refuge that the church will have. And as Christians devoted as we are, I mean, to be a part of an up-and-coming parish, we have to cultivate silence so we can offer that gift to the world. Because I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure you're experiencing it and wrestling with it, because I know I am. It's just hard to find silence, and sometimes it's hard to be silent. I mean, anymore when I'm at work, <clears throat> if people are carrying something or, or have a second where they're doing something, the, you know, they got their phone and they turn it upside down and it's playing clearance, Credence Clearwater Revival, the same song you've heard a thousand times. And people just can't, can't lift anything without um, putting music on. Um, every time there's a still moment, and I'm not just p picking on cell phones, which I love to do. You know, like <laughs> you're standing in line at the grocery store, people have their phone out. And God forbid they're watching a video in public so everybody has to listen to it. But they're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because we're so uneasy with silence and uneasy with ourselves. And um, if we are silent in our private time and in our church, and we can experience God and know that God loves us and indeed can taste and see that He is good, we'll be comfortable with the silence because we know that God's found in that silence and we can offer that silence to a, to a world that is just perpetually anxious and uneasy with itself. God promises us great things in silence. Um, the prophet Zephaniah says that God you know, will quiet us with his love, you know, in the, in the midst of the aftermath again of chaos and war and disquietude. God will come and rest over us and calm us with his steadfast and abiding love. And I want you all to experience that love. I want to experience that love. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to find it in silence. I love C.S. Lewis's image of hell in the screw tape letters. Um, it's one of perpetual noise, you know, and, and screw tape is, you know, um, boasting that he hopes that he can turn the whole world into a place where noise is, is constant. And I tell you, 
in the last 70 years, they've done a, a hell of a job. You know, it's hard to escape noise. You know, noise, 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 noise. It's constant. Um, that's why it feels so good to be at the monastery, right? Because you get up on that hill, and it's quiet. You know, we have to resist um, what the demons are pushing, because now it's easier than ever to bring noise with you wherever you go. So I know it can be hard. But put the phone down. Your radio stops in your car. Don't fix it. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, <laughs> cultivate silence in your life. You know, when you're at work, when you're driving, in all those little moments. So when the big moments come, we can rest in God's silence. I know silence can be uncomfortable. This was one of the things that we wrestled with as we threw ideas back and forth in the seminary courtyards. Sometimes when we're silent, we can hear, this, we hear our own stomachs rumbling, right? But we can sometimes hear our neighbor's stomachs rustling, rustling you know? Um, but those things are good because it reminds us that we're all human. We're all going through the same things and experiencing the same things. Um, if we push through the uneasiness, we'll find that God is there in that silence waiting for us. I don't think he's going to be found in noise and chaos. Certainly the scriptures don't attest to that, and neither has the church's teaching. Cardinal Seurat, um, Cardinal in Africa, just finished a book that I'd really like to read. It's called The Strength of Silence, against the dictatorship of noise. And, and um, in this book, he says this, I am not afraid to state that to be a child of God is to be a child of silence. I think that's a great, great um, statement for the 21st century. And I pray that I will be, that all of you will be, a child of silence, children of silence, so we all can be children of God. So we can taste and see that he's good and that he is resting over us in love. Amen. Amen.